Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 Calgary West. <laughs> there we go. All right. Happy stampeding, everybody. Okay. <laughs> Done that. <laughs> it's a bit distracting, actually. It really is. Welcome to church, everybody. Um, just wanted to uh, mention very quickly about last week's uh, memorial service. I thought it was phenomenal. We were busy with um, hosting my father's, father-in-law's 80th, and uh, our teams handled that memorial sensationally. And um, part of the thing about we prepare all of these teams and prepare the facility so that it can be used by the community. And when the community shows up, uh, it was just phenomenal. On, on Monday, though, over 1,000 people had watched online, and uh, there were 600 or so people here on that weekend. So thank you for all the teams, and we celebrate, and we miss Dan. Gosh, when you, too bad. Like, we need to be celebrating people while they're with us as well, just seeing his life and the reflection of his life. Anyway, it was sensational. So thank you, team, for doing that and being part of that. Uh, last week, so I, here, here's how I worked out the summer themes for us. I wanted to talk about kingdom culture, things in, in the kingdom in terms of how, how um, certain qualities of the kingdom, and uh, we've called them core culture. Last week, uh, Fola brought the word on peace. How did that go? That was great. Thank you so much. Really great. Uh, one of the qualities of the kingdom is peace. And, um, and I, uh, I find that um, most of you uh, know this already, but you can usually tell what's going on in a in a preacher's heart by the things he preaches on. And uh, I'm going to share today on honor, one of the qualities of the kingdom, which I want, I need to know more about, because honor is a kingdom quality. And, um, and I've been deeply convicted about this for decades now, figuring out how do we honor, and what's it mean to honor. Um, so as I'm learning to do that, part of the thing for me, of course, is learning to honor those, my leaders, Pastor Phil and Chris, and then my overseers, and keeping my heart right towards them so it goes well with me. I, I know the Bible says, we'll look at Ephesians chapter 6, where it says we're to honor our mothers and fathers so that we'll live long and that it'll go well with us. Two, uh, out of that commandment, there's two promises. And so I think that means spiritual parents as well. And uh, I think it means people in authority in different ways. The, script, the scripture is very clear and all of that. So I've entitled my message, Eyes That Honor, because honor, to me, is a way of seeing. And it's a, cert, it's a specific perspective. And so I want you to look at a few passages of scriptures before I begin. The first one is from Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 16. Most of you know this as a commandment. To honor your mother and father as the Lord your God commanded you, then you will live a long, full life in the land your Lord will give you. It sort of says three things, doesn't it? That the Lord's going to give you land. That's going to be a high quality of life, and it's going to be length of life. Honoring actually has something to do with, it seems to me, with, uh, with uh, preventing premature death. I, now, I'm not sure how that works specifically, but it says as we honor, will be the promise as I follow that command is that I will get a full life from doing that. Now, I think that's a wonderful, a wonderful promise. You can see that in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, 
it's repeated. Uh, I'm going to read the first three verses. Children, obey your parents, because I got some of my children here. <laughs> because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first of the Ten Commandments that ends with a promise. There's a promise connected to the commandment. Uh, and this is the promise. If you honor your father and mother, you will live a long life full of blessing. Blessing and long life are connected. There's reward and there's inheritance that's connected with honor. I think this is an important thing for us to figure out if we want to have a great life, a full life, and a long life. Seems to be connected here. Uh, one of my personal issues is that we live in a culture that seems to have diminished honor a great deal. There's some talk shows I simply cannot watch because the way that they dismiss and talk down about people in authority, specifically the President of the United States. Um, I think that there's a, there's a place that for you and I, that even if we disagree with someone's uh, beliefs or their actions, that we can still honor the office in which they hold. And, I, and I've seen it over and over. I see it on television where, and it started somewhere back in the 60s, moving into the 70s, where parents were seen as, uh, and, and, and the disrespect was something that was kind of comical. Uh, the, the erosion of honor in our culture is to our detriment. And I believe it because it's a kingdom quality that honor needs to begin at the house of God and roll out, is what I think. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts about this. The Bible is really, really has a lot to say. First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30 says, Those who honor me, I will honor. That's wonderful. <laughs> you know what happens when we worship, right? That's honor. God doesn't need, specifically, like his... He's actually okay. His ego doesn't need to be stroked by our worship. We don't do it because he needs it. We do it because we need it. <laughs> it's good for us to honor. He says, if you honor me, those who honor me, I will honor. How do we honor the Lord? And then it goes on to say that those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. <laughs> um, th uh, dishonor is a danger. <laughs> um, it's clear that honor is a big thing in scriptures. And... Um, and I would like to think that we are building uh, cultures of honor. Uh, I would like to think in Canada, with our responsibility as overseers of Canada, that we would build churches of honor. Uh, I would like to think that we may even be fostering families that honor. And people would see a certain quality of life or attitude or heart posture towards others. And when we have visitors or people are visiting us, they're saying, you're your home is a little bit different. Yeah, because of the quality of honor and, and, the, and the reward of honor as well. How will our children see honor? The kingdom comes, I believe, when kingdom qualities are exercised. First Peter chapter 2, and verse 17 says, Fear God and honor the king. You might say, we don't have a king. I differ. We do have a king. A kingdom has to do with a king and that there are levels and that there are spheres of authority, and um, that there are, there, there's order, there's kingdom order. It's a big problem for you and I that live in a democracy. We think that the church and or the kingdom is a democracy. It's, it's really not. <laughs> it doesn't run like that. It's a theocracy. 
It's ran by God. The kingdom of God is ran by the king. And we'll talk about him as king, and we're meant to honor our king. So how do we do that uh, is become a big question of mine. I'm interested in the definition of honor. And uh, I'm going to come to that. I, I I've, was thinking of that phrase, there's honor among thieves. That's interesting. Um, we, we refer to our people in leadership, even our prime minister often, as the honorable, or even a judge as the honorable. What, what does that mean? Um, I, I was interested to see that um, among the military specifically, there's codes of honor. Wouldn't it be great if we could develop a code of honor within the church? How do we care for one another and deal with one another? There's actually, uh, in learning, you can get an honors degree. And uh, there's three levels of honors I've come to know in my wee bit of research this week. There's a, a magnum cum laude and a summa cum laude. So this is interesting to me, a guy who's not been to much school. Um, but I think what they do is they recognize with a special distinction someone who has went the extra mile and performed a little bit better. And so, so I find this interesting. What a word. I see that's tattooed on Tim's arm. I often mention that to him. Uh, a, it's a difficult word to explain, mostly because it's seen less and less in our culture. It's not observed as much, I don't think. When, when we see it, we love it. If you've ever watched a movie where true honor has been reflected, it'll move you to tears. Or you read about levels of nobility and chivalry and honor in a novel, you go, whoa, and your heart just swells because it's a quality of the kingdom. It's very moving to see someone giving their life for another. Two times in the book of Proverbs, it says that humility precedes honor. <clears throat> Excuse me, one, one should memorize that. And or that, tattoo it on your inner thigh or something. I think that it's a, that honor, <clears throat> sorry, humility precedes honor. What a thought that, think about that when you're driving to work this week. That because, because many would like to receive honor, but they're not sure about walking in humility. So humility is what precedes honor. Uh, I find that very motivating. When it's seen and when it's read about and when it's modeled, it stirs our deepest emotions within us. In the dictionary, the noun <clears throat> in the dictionary would mean high, high respect, great esteem. It would also mean a standard of conduct, a person or a thing that brings credit. The verb would be regarded with high esteem. Esteem, by definition, is to value or respect. And respect comes from the Latin word which means to look back. To respect and to honor is a way of seeing. It's a way of looking at someone and then behaving in a certain way towards that person. What is, what is your behavior like towards your parents? We all have them. Even if, they, even if they're past. What, what's your heart like and the way that you see those who are over you in authority? How is your heart towards them? Is it critical? Is it demeaning? Is it fault-finding? What, what is it? Because, because I think that you and I carry within us a quality of the kingdom, which is that of honor. So how, what would it be like uh, to honor? May we have eyes that honor. May we be able to see and honor another one. <clears throat> to respect means a feeling of admiration for someone or ability or an achievement. So here's what I... The truth, both honor and dishonor come from the way that we see others. When I watched that Colbert report, 
some nights uh, when I can't sleep. It's just pathetic the way that he talks about the president. It's so demeaning. I can't watch it. It's hurtful. And, uh, and it's unhealthy. It's a, it's a perspective. Honoring, and honoring behavior is a result of an honoring perspective. Our perceptions of others is a result of how we see ourselves. And we all have a true and a false <clears throat> identity. Um, <clears throat> honor is humility in action, Chris Valentin would say. I like that uh, because humility precedes honor. It's humility in action. Mark chapter 9, verse 35 says, If anybody wants to be first, he must be last. As a follower of the Lord, we have to keep the last things first, don't we? <laughs> so, <clears throat> humility comes before honor. We're told in Proverbs, oh, we're to honor the Lord with our wealth. What might that mean? Pretty touchy topic. How do I honor the Lord with my wealth? Because, and some versions would say our possessions or our supply. Uh, what, what could I give the Lord that he doesn't already have? Like, how do I honor him with my possessions? Or one, one translation says, with our wealth. How am I to honor the Lord with my wealth? I'm glad you asked that, Pastor Lauren. Selah, let them think of it, Lord. Honor creates a spiritual pathway of blessing and reward. I believe that honor, <clears throat> much like praise, we sang about praise as a pathway. Sounds like to me that honor is a pathway as well. When we create pathways, spiritual pathways, thanksgiving is a pathway. You want blessing and favor to flow towards you, you need to create a pathway for it. Honor is a pathway. Pathway. <clears throat> Honor is seen, <clears throat> and it's felt, pardon me, in word, deed, and thought. Means to respect, to esteem, to treat favorably with high regard. We need to have eyes of honor so that we can perceive others. This is a way of honoring. It's like the principle of receiving an inheritance. It requires hearts of honor. I love the story, <clears throat> excuse me, in Mark chapter 14. There's a woman of low status, and she ends up in the house of Simon, and, um, and Jesus is there, and she comes in, and she takes some expensive ointment and anoints Jesus' head. Nobody else understood what she was doing. She was honoring. Uh, the result of that honor that she honored, that she was not only praised and blessed by Jesus personally, but she, he prophesied about her future. I'd love Jesus to do that about me. It's remarkable, because many others seen, oh, what a waste. Oh, you didn't understand honor. honor they, they didn't understand what she was doing. <clears throat> she was honoring, washing his feet, anointing his head. It honored Jesus. A heart of dishonor um, can be felt as well. Jesus prophesied about this woman. John chapter 5 and verse 23, so everyone will honor the son just as the, they honor the father. Um, so I want to talk about honoring mothers and fathers very briefly as my second point. How that, how that to honor your mothers and fathers is a commandment to be obeyed. You could read... Um, a little bit more about some of the principles of honor and dishonor as you read stories of men and women. Gosh, David was such a great picture of honor, wasn't he? When he would honor the king, even when the king was trying to kill him. People, when they complain to me about an evil leader, I say, ah, you must be a David. They go, oh, we don't like that. We want to be treated nicely. Yeah, yeah, but what, what, what was he doing? He was an opportunity for honor to be released in David's heart. He was, he was acting kingly when the king wasn't acting kingly. He was acting cowardly. But what was doing was an opportunity to honor. We sometimes think people need to be honorable before we honor them. <clears throat> That'd be easy, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's not what we're meant to do. 
Because honor is within you and I. It's part of the kingdom, and it's a quality that Christ has placed within you and I. We're meant to honor and release honor. There's, such a, there's a profound story about the impact of dishonor and the sons of Noah. <clears throat> How that the treatment of our fathers can result in going well or not so well. His, his youngest son, Ham. <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> <clears throat> there we go, <clears throat> all better. His youngest son, Ham, didn't, didn't have a heart of honor. He, Noah gets drunk. I mean, I don't know why. This, this obviously is not a good behavior. It's not. Drunk as a skunk, naked as a jaybird. The son, the son walks in. Here's, here's the issue. Like it's, it, he, so then he tells the truth. He goes and tells everybody. <laughs> Well, there's only, it's only his brothers that are left on the earth. They're all gone. <clears throat> it's a flood, right? Post-flood. He goes and tells everybody. Tells, but he tells his brothers. He told everybody. And, his, and you know, it's an interesting thing because, because here's what happens. Because his dad was not acting honorably, was he? I mean, I don't know the pressure of rebuilding the world. <laughs> Hello. <clears throat> I mean, you see, sometimes you see trailer parks when a hurricane goes through and you go, oh gosh, how will they rebuild? What a mess. Just think of the entire world being lost. No excuse to get drunk. But he's facing some pressure. It's quite interesting to me that later in the uh, Hall of Fame, the Faith Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11, Noah is mentioned, Ham isn't. The result of him not covering his father. Just think of this, please. Because his father was not done an honorable thing. When those over us do things that are not honorable, we will have the opportunity to cover or expose. If your heart is a heart of, that is dishonorable, you will uncover those over you. And it says of the other two brothers that they backed up and covered him. We, we don't live with parents who are perfect. Just deal with that illusion right away. But here's what your parents need, your mother and father, they need a little bit of covering. I, I, now, I, don't, I mean this in a healthy way, so that it goes well with you. If there's been an injustice, if there's been immorality, if there's been the, uh, abuses, it, that needs to be talked about. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a heart that creates a problem for generations to come. That entire generation, not just him, his life, but the entire generation of the Canaanites were cursed because he did not have a heart of honor. Here's what I'm saying. Dishonor ripples through generations. That's what I'm saying. So, so we get to choose. Will we honor, will we dishonor? I'm always, I'm always challenged about this when my parents show up. Like I'm good when they're not around. But all of a sudden, I, my, my dad has passed a decade ago, but it was still the same. Because I would read this, uh, I was taking a counseling course from uh, John Sanford back in 2001 or two or something. And he, went, he, he, he laid this out line upon line that says that if we don't honor our mother and father, no, he said this, he, he, wor he worked backwards. He said, where it's not going well with you, it's where you have dishonored your mother and father. I go, ah, go on, can't be like, this created a real problem for me because for the rest of my days now, I'm living with learning, how do I honor because if there's a thing that's not going well with you in your life, what if it's because you have dishonored and you're not seeing and therefore you're not creating a pathway of blessing from your parents? Hmm, hmm, lots of hmms, a few amens, but hmm, 
No, but that's okay because I find this difficult. We, we just had our, our, my parents-in-law with me. And you know, when you're up close with people, you're able to see things that are quirky. We think we are quirkless. You're all full of quirks. No, you are. It's just different. Like, you bring in some people, they'll say, you're quirky. Because there's, right? And as we get older, how do you want your, your grandkids to treat you? Well, how are you treating your grandparents? It's how it'll work. It's a little bit of an uncovering here, but I know love covers. It doesn't expose. But on the other hand, I mean, there's times when a whistle needs to be blown. Are you hearing there's a, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not creating a distortion. I'm trying to help you live a good life so it goes well with you and you live long on the, on the land. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. For Ham, it created a, a real problem uh, for, his, for his descendants. I am able to honor Kelly's parents easier than she is. I say that with tongue in cheek because we're about to go on a holiday together and we need to get along. <clears throat> we leave the Harley's all lubed up and ready to roll right after service. Oh, but, but, here, but here's the thing. We need to actually help each other learn to honor. Oh, hold it. Was that an honorable attitude that you're holding towards that person in authority or that your, your mother and father? Is that the right way to talk about them? Because out of the heart is where our, our words come from. I'm just saying the pathway of blessing uh, requires us to have a heart of honor. The, the interesting to me, because it was a test, he, what he repeated was the truth. He wasn't not, he wasn't not <laughs> telling the truth. He was... He was completely telling the truth. But he didn't, the principle was he didn't have a heart of honor. It wasn't what he was saying was wrong. So it was his heart towards his father in that situation. And that lack of honor. Honoring your mother and father is a commandment, not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Um, and then it shows, you can read that, what happens when you dishonor as well. <clears throat> and that's laid out as well. Um, all authority is from God, but not all authority is godly. How are you going to deal with that? How am I going to deal with that? Honor, I, I find, is almost extinct in our culture. It means something of value, something of weight, something that's precious, even gold. Luke chapter 13 and verse 35. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, you will not see me, perspective. You won't see me. Again, until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Listen to me. He, here's what he says. He says, if you don't have eyes to honor, you won't see the one who I send. God can send you someone, a truth teller, even a prophet. But if you don't have a heart or eyes to honor, if you don't, he says, you're not going to see me again until you, till, till you see the one, until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Do you have eyes to see who the Lord is sending? What if the Lord has sent somebody to you, but you dishonor? Will you not be able to identify Jesus in that scenario then? It's quite an important thing. This, this is weighty. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about flattery. I'm not even talking about compliments. I'm talking about things like, and we'll talk about ministers because... When the Lord sends someone, a minister typically, I mean, it's been abused, I get it. But the reason we stand and clap for a minister is we're honoring that person. But I think that's good for us to exercise honor. I, I think, honestly, I really think it's good for us to be practicing honor. I think it's good for us that when our parents show up, that we say, okay, Lord, show us where we, where we potentially are dishonoring. If you're expecting your kids to 
be honorable, and you be dishonorable. Good luck with that. Don't pray. You can't pray for a crop failure if that's what you've sowed. If you've sowed dishonor, if you'd sowed to the wind, you will reap a whirlwind. You say, well, my kids don't honor me. Okay, where are you dishonoring? How are you talking about your boss? How are you talking about the prime minister and or our mayor? How are you talking about people over you? Don't be surprised if your kids don't treat you just the way that you have treated others above you. Don't be surprised. It's a ripple in the a generational ripper, ripple. It's a ripple effect. Uh, this was the week Jesus was being crucified. Better rendering would be, you won't see me until you recognize those who I send. He seems to be saying that when you learn to honor or bless or respect or value those I send, you will have a revelation of me. It's awesome for us. John chapter 13 verse 20 says, anybody who welcomes my messenger welcomes me. Anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the one who sends me. You hear what I'm saying? I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing a little counterpoint to this in a second. But I'm saying, I'm saying the way that you hold your heart towards those that the Lord sends has a lot to do with your reward and or your inheritance or favor or blessing flowing towards you. That's what I'm saying. Um, let, me, let me, just on that point, if it's not contentious enough, let me walk out on another plank. One time, and this, listen, I'm okay, I'm okay. I mean, it's a little tricky because it sounds self-serving. But there's one time in Scripture where it talks about double honor. Only once. And it's in Timothy. And... Um, and I honestly believe, in, in 1 Corinthians 11, where it says, there's many who are sick and sleep among you or are dead because they don't rightly discern the body of Christ. You don't, rightly under, you don't have a clear revelation of what the body of Christ is like. And we come in here casually, and we come together, and we meet, and we think that we can take pot shots at anybody on Instagram or Facebook or talk any way we want, trash-talking ministers and, and missionaries and men and women of God. We think we can talk any way we want. Here's what will happen if we don't rightly discern the body of Christ. It says many of you, there are even sick among you because you right, haven't rightly discerned the body of Christ. There's order in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> One time it says double honor. What if we could have the spirit of double honor? First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. I probably should read it. I probably should. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. I mean, I mean, yeah, just listen with the right, with a heart of honor, please. <laughs> uh, I, we're, I'm not looking for a raise. I'm looked after. But it says, elders who do their work well should be paid well. Especially those who work at heart at preaching and teaching the gospel. For the scripture says, don't keep an ox from eating if it treads out the grain. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. You can interpret that a whole bunch of ways that you want. The term double honor has to do with look, being looked after and looking after men and women of God who minister among us. Um, when we're cheap, I've, I know, the, I know the, how this feels to not be honored. I know, I know coming, you know, getting picked up at an airport and the, the car is dirty. Uh, I know what it means to, you know, they say they promise you they're going to give you an honorarium. Ah, it's in the mail, but it never comes. I know how that feels. But here's the issue. It won't go well with that congregation. They're worthy of, it says double honor. It doesn't mean thanking them twice or sending them two thank you notes. It means looking after them well, looking after the ministers. We've got ministers here. We've got Joe and Nola from the burn. They're, they're, they're way out 
way out in the faith zone. Marion and Alexander, way out in their faith zones. Do we take some responsibility to see that they're well looked after? They're ministers preaching and teaching the gospel. It's just what it says. For those of you who don't work in ministry, you can scoot right over this. But those of you who are on boards of churches, (laughs) I got the greatest board I've ever had in my life. They're extremely generous, extremely honoring. I'm good. I'm just saying, if you've been involved in other areas where you have a say, this will go well with the congregation that they serve or the people that they serve if they're honored well. I'm just honor, action, word, and thought. How do you think about them? How do you respond toward them? I think it means something about providing for ministers. Uh, It's easy to see this getting abused. Um, But honor is a pathway of blessing. When we honor ministers, it frees them and releases them to minister freely, not being concerned with finance. In in, I read John 13, verse 20. It says, when you welcome me, you welcome the one who sends me. When you're welcoming them, you're welcoming me. When we're honoring them, we're honoring Jesus with our wealth. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Those who honor me, I will honor those. If we honor God, we attract honor to ourselves. Proverbs 3 verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruit of your income. Where do you take that? I think we should, should, well, you heard enough of what I think. How do we give money to God? By giving to the ones that he sends us. Tithes and offerings are first of all meant to go to appointed servants, ministers, and leaders. Secondly, to provide for them a place and context of work, and then it's to help the widows and the orphans and the poor and the outsiders. That's primarily Old Testament model of where tithes and offerings went. If I haven't said enough about that, um, just uh, talk to, you know, Pastor Tim or something after. I'll just leave it at that. I want to I wrap up with a final thought about honor because I, honestly, this is gonna t- it takes a little while for us to sort this out. I remember when I first stepped into ministry, they, the, uh, the board said to me, um, well, one of the members on the board said, we, just, we really believe it's important that you live by faith, Pastor Lauren. Which was code language, said, we're going to cheap out on your salary. <laughs> we'll make sure that you get some garden vegetables. I said, I, don't, I got a big garden, I don't need vegetables. We'll make sure that you get meat. I said, I hunt, I got lots of meat. Us, we just want you to live by faith. You kind of want to say, well, how about, how about you give me half your income and we both live by faith? How about that? <laughs> Seems fair, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, this is a concern with Trump people. There's ministers all over the country that are trying to retire. And, they, and, they've been, and, and they wonder why the places they went are not blessed is because they've cheaped out and they've withheld. And the result is not that they have cheaped out and the minister got to look after his ministers, but... You'll be lean, the body of me. Let me just, let me just, I think I've said enough about that. Prophets of honor. Matthew chapter 10, um, talking about flow of honor. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 and 42. It's just such a profound statement. There's so much. Uh, when I start to talk about a topic, I look in the Strong's Concordance, <clears throat> and I start to look how important is this. There was two pages of honor and honoring and honorable in the Concordance. So we, we can't expect to get it down to one sermon. It's more like a seminar, but... What I do want to share is a, th- this is a fairly important thing. It says in verse, uh, chapter 10 of Matthew, verse, verse uh, 40 and 42, it's kind of the flow of honor, I think, here. It's, it's, it's embedded in this passage. Anybody welcomes you is welcoming me. That's interesting, eh? <laughs> who do we welcome? And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Wow. I mean, by welcoming a servant or a person of the Lord, we're actually welcoming the Father. <laughs> 
What is just a profound thought? If you welcome a prophet as one who speaks of God, you'll receive the same reward as a prophet gets. Well, how interesting is that? Now, couldn't we, we could easily abuse this and get business cards made, prophet. Uh, but he, but here's, here's what's not often said. The next thing it says, you'll receive the same prophet. If you welcome good and godly people because of their godliness, you'll get a reward like theirs. It's not just people who are ministering, not just prophets. He gave, he gave in Ephesians 4, it, it, these were his gifts to the church. Apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers. This is Jesus. He, he was the one that gave them. If you don't receive what he gave, he, this, is, this is his point. What about godly people? It says, yeah, them too. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely. I like that word, surely. I mean, it's an easy name to remember, but... He says, surely. My name's not Shirley. Shirley. I know. You're thinking of airplane. I was too. Um, but he says, surely they will be rewarded. Isn't this interesting to me? Because I think there's been incredible abuse where we're not to, where you, we'll, we'll see men and women who are ministers and they, they misquote the Old Testament saying, don't touch the Lord's anointed. Listen, as that comes through the cross, you and I are all anointed. <laughs> Every one of you are anointed. And, he, and here's what he says. He says that if you receive a prophet or one that I've sent, and you could include the fivefold ministry there. If you receive them, you'll get that same reward. He says there's honor, there's a reward, there's, recepti- there's, there's, there's blessing in receiving someone in the right way. There's blessing in that. But he said if also just any one of my follow- followers, when in terms, in terms of righteous, you and I are all righteous in Christ. If you just receive anybody a certain way, you'll receive a reward. And he says, if you even receive one of these little ones, because hear what I'm saying? This isn't just go for the big guys. <laughs> it goes for everybody. What if you had eyes of honor to be able to see the kingdom of God in every person you meet? Listen, you need to be learned to, be learned to be kind to people who are unkind. They're the ones that need it the most. You got to break cycles of bitterness and rudeness, and you step in, and someone who doesn't honor you, that's okay. Jesus said, someone curses you, that's okay. Just go ahead and bless them. This is good because the reward that they're missing out on, you'll get. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying there's a great blessing in honoring and learning to honor not just people in authority, but everybody you meet. Every, and the little ones, the, the, the voiceless ones, the marginalized ones, those ones. When you see someone, he's not as prominent or not as charismatic or whatever. If you honor them, you'll also get a reward. Do you hear me? Okay, well, then I'll go on. Three levels. It means every human falls into these three categories. We're to honor everyone. All right, and the last point. Honoring is inspiring. Dishonor is deadening. We see honor clearly among royalty. Do you ever... We're watching the, the program Crown on Netflix. It's safe to watch. Some aren't. You watch how royalty works. And you watch how they do stuff um, that's just different than common folks. You and I have the kingdom within us. And we're meant to, we're meant to function with nobility and like royalty. We're meant to think and act and behave in ways that would honor the king, the one that we serve. And we're part of that. To treat someone honorably demonstrates that there's a standard of the kingdom inside of us. 
I'm gonna tell you about a time I, I dishonored. It was, a, it was the most heartbreaking moment in my life. It was about 11 years ago, we were at a conference with Pastor Phil and Chris in Hawaii, and he said, um, they announced Pastor Phil was going off salary, and, he's gonna, and, and would people help support him financially? What a thing, hey? What a step of faith. So here's what, here's, here's what he did. He said, everybody at the conference, if you'd be willing to support our apostolic leader, we're going to hand out envelopes. This, this, this is, I'm, I'm not proud of what I did. So I started thinking, you know, I can't kind of do the same thing. Okay, Lord, what's the number? 200, 500,000, what is it? Like somewhere, it's got to be in there. He's my leader. I got to be, you know. And here's what I did. I decided, uh, okay, so let's just go with the 200. You know, as us great men of faith do. And then I, then I did this. I looked and there was about 5,000 people there. And I did this calculation in my heart out of dishonor. I said, well, let's just say like 1,000 people then give $200. That's 200,000. Gosh, he doesn't need that much, does he? Do you see, what you see, you see the math? See the problem? You see the dishonoring heart? It just felt, honestly, it just felt like, like someone had poured a pail of manure all over my heart. If I can say, I just felt like the worst thing in the world. I have just dishonored my leader by calculating what he might need. It, honor has nothing to do with need. If he becomes like, so if he's, if, 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 if I'm honoring someone because oh, I think he needs a car, I think I'll buy him a car. What you're doing, you've exposed the vulnerability. You've uncovered your leaders, what you've done. When you, you, when you watch dignitaries and they gather and they share gifts, like, do you think Prince Philip actually needs another pen? I mean, or whatever, or a Jaguar, or what do you, we don't give based on what someone needs. That's dishonor. That's exposing a vulnerability and you coming to the rescue as that shining knight. That has nothing to do with honor. That's how an orphan would function. Not like a prince. You don't, you don't, oh, you know what, I'm just going to go way out in the limb and I'm going to buy him a book. Oh, aren't you awesome? You're pathetic. Because you, you think you're meeting one of his needs. You see what I'm saying? If I were to, if I, just, we met the, um, we've met a few people of royalty at one time or another. And, um, you know, you sort of think to yourself, first thing you do is in royalty, you, first of all, you think, you brush yourself up. Am I, am I okay? <laughs> Are we good? What do you do, right? You want to know, am I okay? Am I looking okay? You wouldn't go pick up uh, Prince Charles in a car that was not clean, would you? Well, why would you go pick up one of the ministers of the gospel like that? What, what, you know, and, and here, but here's the thing is that we, we some, and, and I know that, that thinking that we're meeting someone's need, we're being awesome. No, you're exposing vulnerability. You're uncovering them. We give, we honor people when we give them stuff they don't need. It's, this is a little bit hard for us to understand. Here's what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to give Pastor Phil my used car. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be great? No, that's pathetic. Well, we had, we had a minister come to our church once. He says, I'm glad to be the minister here. I love this church. God called me here. I do not want your used furniture. It offended half the church. Well, why should we give the pastor what's left over what we don't want? You know what I'm saying? That's all dishonor. That won't go well for the church. I mean, are you being, feeling the pointy end of the stick a little bit? Okay, well, then I'll move along. I think a mistake that makes us humble is better than an achievement that makes us arrogant. I'm convicted about levels of honor 
I just think everyone deserves honor. So when you're going over to your friend's place, do you take that cheaper bottle of wine or you take the best? When you're taking them out to dinner, do you take them to like the cheapest place or the best? Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not, no, it's not that, it's, it's, it's about us learning about honor. I hope I'm getting through. It's like when your parents show up, are you just giving them, ah, oh, they'll look after themselves. And no, are you preparing for them and praying for that bedroom and praying? Are you, do you hear it? I'm trying to help us learn about a kingdom quality that's rarely, rarely seen and rarely exhibited within our culture. And I close with this. Bible talks even about seats of honor, about restoring honor. I believe, I believe that there's roles and there's offices that need honor even when the people aren't honorable. Here's a distortion. In the case of all truth, when it's taken too far, it becomes an untruth. We live in a, in a, on a narrow path. That's what the Bible calls them, it's a narrow path. That means there's two extremes, can be two extremes to anything. And walking that narrow path means, we, sure, you can bump up against distortions of truth. Honor can never be mandated, it can never be demanded. And it should, I think in, the, in a family, I think a husband, I know it talks about a husband, a wiser to respect their husband, kind of the same word as honor, but I think the first part is for the husband to honor his wife. You should never, if you're not honorable, you shouldn't expect honor. If you're not respectable, you shouldn't, you can't demand it. You shouldn't be, think you should be receiving it. We need to act like people of honor. We need to carry ourselves with honor. As I go to the conference, I'm going to be challenged in, in San Diego. I know, I'll meet, I'll meet people, and, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to determine that somebody else's dysfunction is not going to determine my dysfunction. I'm going to walk with honor before men and women, the best I can. And I'm going to let the Lord continue to lead me. We need to develop cultures of honor, churches of honor, businesses that honor, and a world that's honored, honorable. May we be part of bringing that kingdom to pass on the earth. I'm not quite sure how, I'm going to pray, uh, how we're going to return or close the service, but what, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing about Jesus. So just stand with me as we sing this, and then I'll get up and close the, the, the service. I'll just trust the Lord to speak to me in the next few minutes. Let's... Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.